You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Payhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Media Mayhem Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer. It's a pleasure to be with you today, as it is each and every week. You can find the show wherever you can find your favorite Odyssey Sports Podcasts. We are available on Spotify, Apple, Google. You know the drill. Download, listen, rate, subscribe. The bulk of the show today will be about streaming. Our streaming future, or as I've come to refer to it as, our streaming hell. Amazon Prime attracted more subscribers for the three hours last Thursday that they exclusively aired Thursday Night Football than at any other point in their history, more than Cyber Monday, Black Friday, go on down the list. So right there, after just one week of Thursday Night Football airing exclusively on Amazon Prime, we can comfortably say that Amazon is the winner. They got more subscribers for those three hours of Chargers Chiefs last week than at any other than on any other day since the product existed. So Amazon's the big winner. The NFL we know is the big winner, getting a billion dollars annually for this deal. But our fans, the winners. And you know me, I'm always about the fans, always looking out for the common person. And I would say a big fat whopping no. No. The fans are not winners here. It's now more difficult to watch your favorite teams. It's now more difficult to watch NFL games. And I know I probably sound like a 75-year-old man. Don't get me wrong. I can find Amazon Prime on my TV. Thank you very much. I can stream it on my laptop. Thank you very much. I have an iPad. I have a new iPhone. I can do it all. All right? I'm not a complete Luddite. But I'm just talking about the user experience. You know, we were told for years, that streaming would make everything A, cheaper, and B, easier. And none of that has happened. It's not cheaper, even if you don't have cable. If you have Netflix, HBO Max, Amazon Prime, Apple Plus, Hulu, if you have all those streaming services, or even some or most of those streaming services, your bill is very comparable to a cable bill. And if you're a sports fan, oh, you are out of luck. In fact, you're a complete sucker 
because you're not just paying for a cable subscription and probably an advanced cable subscription that carries NFL Network, MLB Network, NBA TV, the regional sports network that your favorite basketball or baseball or hockey team is on. Now you have to add Amazon Prime. You'll probably have to add another streaming platform as well. I mean, the list goes on and on. You are getting screwed if you are a sports fan here. And just if you think about what the NFL is doing and what all these leagues are doing, Major League Baseball has a deal with Apple Plus, the NBA is in negotiations with Amazon now. You, know, you look at HBO Max, for example, right? HBO Max, I think, is a glitchy app. It's slow, it freezes, etc. But the shows on it are excellent. They're top notch. I just got done with industry. Highly recommended. HBO delivers again. Uh, makes me want to quit this podcast and work at a high-end London financial firm. And I'm sure you all would be celebrating that. And my bank account would be celebrating it as well. But unfortunately, I don't have those skills. So here I am talking with all of you about the NFL on Amazon Prime. Um, but you know, streaming in that sense is easy. You log on to Netflix or Hulu, HBO, whatever. Find your favorite show. All the episodes are right there. Boom. So now imagine that... Netflix for Stranger Things, let's just say, or HBO for Secession. Let's say that HBO for Secession aired the first five episodes of the season on HBO Max, but then shipped off some episodes to Hulu and then shipped off another episode to Apple Plus. That would be a pain in the ass, would it not? That's exactly what the NFL and other sports leagues are doing. We have a patchwork here in which games are spread across various services. Again, look at the NFL. If you're a diehard NFL fan and you want to watch all the games, as a lot of us do, you have to now have Amazon Prime Video. You have to have NFL Network, the other cable bundle. It's a lot to ask for. You look at the other leagues. The Big Ten is the richest conference in college athletics. The Big Ten will soon air eight football games and dozens of men's and women's basketball games on Peacock exclusively each year. So if you're a Big Ten fan, you now need to have Peacock on top of your big cable package that gets all of the Big Ten games that you want to see. I mentioned Major League Baseball, exclusive Friday night games, Apple Plus. Uh, they now are going to have a Sunday morning game on Peacock coming up. Go on down the line. It just gets more and more. And we're only going to continue to see more of this because that's where the money is. All of these sports leagues have milked these cable networks and legacy networks dry. They have nothing left. They'll continue to pay what they have because the NFL, as we talked about leading up to the season, remains by far the most dominant thing on TV. And the gap between the NFL and everything else continues to widen. But cable networks, legacy networks, they're tapped out. The next frontier is streaming. Let's milk all the money we can out of these streaming platforms. And Apple and Amazon certainly have an insane amount of money to burn. I mean, just look at the amount of people that Amazon is paying for its Thursday night broadcast. They're not just paying Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet, the production team, and a full pregame show. They're paying Andrea Kramer and Hannah Storm and that whole team. They're, they have a, a zillion of alternate broadcasts, and they can afford to do that because they're Amazon. And we saw that great shot Thursday night of Jeff Bezos and Roger Goodell hanging out in the, in the, in the luxury box there. You know, just two guys, just two guys sitting and hanging, 
you know, shooting, shoot, you know, like we all would do. Um, but it's, it's just look newsflash that sports leagues are about the money. They're not about the fans. I know breaking news, but it really is apparent. And it was apparent to me over the last week when I watched and really thought about the exclusive Amazon Thursday night football deal. This is our future, our streaming hell. And it's good for the coffers of the leagues, but it's not good for us. It just makes it a little more difficult and more annoying to stay on top of everything. So that's my take on that. Now get off my lawn. Uh, Before I jump into my interview this week with Michael McCarthy, who covers sports media for Front Office Sports, I talk with Michael about Amazon, Thursday Night Football, and our streaming hell, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, and the impact they're already having on Monday Night Football. And Michael wrote a wrong story recently about the topic that I was just mentioning, the NFL's dominance on TV and why it likely will continue to not just be there forever, but grow in the future. Uh, so that's coming up in a few minutes. Uh, Michael McCarthy is straight out of Central Casting, straight out of New York reporter, Central Casting, and you will uh, hear him in his glorious accent uh, coming up in a few moments. But before I do that, I do want to riff on one more thing real quick here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And oh man, I thought I was going to sound old talking about streaming and the difficulty of finding games on all these platforms and how annoying it is. Well, I'm going to sound really old now. Great advertisement, right? 29 going on 89 on the podcast today. Um, Aaron Judge, as we know, just hit his 60th home run. He's coming for Roger Maris, 61, the American League record. We know that Barry Bonds holds a single season record with 73, Sosa McGuire at 70. And... You know, the lack of national buzz is palpable with Aaron Judge in this chase for 60-plus home runs. And I think that that's a commentary on where Major League Baseball stands in the national psyche today. It's not nearly as relevant as it once was. We all know that. Again, that's not breaking news. And if you want more proof, just look at Shohei Otani. We have a modern-day version of Babe Ruth on our hands, Shohei Otani. And how many people you think could even name who he is? You know, if you put 10 sports fans, not diehard sports fans with no lives who do nothing but watch ESPN, but, you know, 10 people who say, yeah, I'm a sports fan. I have my favorite teams. I watch the games I want to watch. It's a part of my life. Not my whole life, but it's a part of my life. You know, well-balanced individuals. If you put 10 of them in a room, how many you think would recognize or name Shohei Otani? How many of them do you think have seen Shohei Otani play? How many of them do you think would say, oh yeah, I've read it. I read him in the box score. I've seen, you know, some stories about him, some highlights, but I've never actually watched him play. I would say the majority of those 10 people. I mean, we have a modern day Babe Ruth on our hands and nothing. I really see nothing on the national scene about him. So to get back to Aaron Judge, yes, where baseball stands today is playing a role. And I think the lack of buzz for this uh, home run chase that he's on. But, uh, 
and it pains me to say this because I fought against this for so many years in my youth, but this is also the effect of the steroid era. These single season numbers mean absolutely nothing. They mean nothing. The magic of 61 home runs, gone. The magic of Mark McGuire's 70, gone. And I know that was enhanced by steroids too, but all through my childhood, those were the numbers, right? Hank Aaron, 755. Do you know how many home runs Barry Bonds has? No, nobody does. Except me. I looked it up before the show. 763. But the steroid era has made all of these statistical milestones meaningless. And this has made a large part of baseball meaningless. A big part of baseball is reading all the stats, projecting the numbers, caring about the history. You can do straight comparisons in baseball like you can't do with the other sports because the games have just changed so much. You can't compare a basketball player from the 50s to LeBron James or Durant or Jason Tatum. It's it's not even the same sport. Baseball, you can still kind of do that up until a couple of years ago when Bloom's analytics army took over every facet of the game. But you could compare Mickey Mantle with Barry Bonds. You could compare Mickey Mantle with Aaron Judge. But now these numbers mean very little. And I've always said, if you put truth serum and baseball executives and owners, I don't think they would redo the steroid era because it brought eyeballs back to the game. And it was a business boon for them overall. And the reason why baseball is out of the national conversation to the extent it is, is not because of performance enhancing drugs. Don't get me wrong. But a component of baseball, the history, the stats, the chase, that's all gone. And yeah, I blame steroids. And we see the after effects now with Aaron Judge, the best player in the New York Yankees, has 60 home runs. And the sports world goes, eh. That's the price baseball pays. As I mentioned, Michael McCarthy covers sports media for front office sports. He's coming up on the other side of this break. It's a sports media mayhem podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. And welcome back to the show. As I was saying in the opening, very happy to have on a, a longtime Twitter follow of mine. Michael McCarthy covers sports media, sports business, now for front office sports. Michael, how are you, sir? Good, Alex. I've followed your work for years. I'm a big fan. Thanks. Likewise, the feeling is mutual. Always nice when we can start off on a good foot. Um, so I want to talk a lot about, as I was saying to you earlier, about Thursday night football on Amazon, and obviously not a new topic, but now that the exclusive schedule has started, it's really front of mind. And you guys had the story, front office sport, Amazon Prime, record number of subscriptions last Thursday in their three-hour window, more than Black Friday or Cyber Monday or any other holiday. Not surprising. So Amazon obviously wins here. The NFL wins because they get a billion dollars for Thursday night football. My question is, do the fans win with this arrangement? I think the fans do win, and, and okay. I'll explain why. Uh, I think this is the future of sports. I think this is where sports is going. I don't think if you're an NFL fan, you have to worry that everything's moving yeah. to streaming. They have 11-year deals with all the broadcast networks. So 11 years from now, even if you have a 1975 
zenith with the mouse ears, <laughs> you will still be able to get your local team on broadcast over the air television. Right. However, uh, you know, streaming does allow the leagues and the networks to do different things, alternate telecasts, stat casts, different views. So I, I think that is uh, very good for the fans. And Amazon has a number of alternate broadcasts, right? Oh, yeah. God. They've got, uh, they've got Dude Perfect, which in my feed was very popular, particularly with families who have young kids. And as yeah. we all know, Alex, these leagues are dying to get the, the younger generation dying. that isn't watching sports. Right. Uh, they've got Andrea Kramer and Hannah Storm. Storm. Yeah. They've got StatCast. Yeah. Uh, so they've got all different alternate telecasts where you can switch out of the main one if you're not digging Troy or Joe and right. go over and watch something else. Uh, I'll tell you something, too. You know, everybody thinks Amazon is this monolith, right? This gigantic company that can't be stopped. But there was a lot of internal worry about uh, what kind of numbers they were going to get. And I think Amazon is very satisfied that they will have the last laugh on people who think that they were only going to get six, seven, or eight million viewers. I think when the number comes out tomorrow from Nielsen, it's going to be upwards of 12 to 13 million viewers, which would put it almost at the same level as Fox. Wow. When they had uh, Thursday Night Football, maybe not the same level as the TriCast, right. Fox, Amazon, NFL Network, but it would be about the same as a broadcaster. So I, I think Amazon's over the moon about that. Wow. Well, so the, I mean, if you put it on, the eyeballs will follow. I think, uh, I think we see that. But, you know, what you mentioned that. This gives the leagues a lot of room to do some innovative stuff in these streaming platforms, room to do innovative stuff. But if you look at the actual just regular Amazon broadcast Thursday night, it looked like every other NFL broadcast I'd ever seen with commercials included. I thought the thing with streaming was no commercials. Al Michaels reading promos for Amazon Prime shows that no one will ever, you know, that I won't watch. Like he's reading promos for NBC. So I don't know. I mean, it seemed like just taking a TV broadcast to Amazon. Maybe I was too high expectations. No, I think you you nailed it. It was kind of the bastard child of Sunday Night Football (laughs) merged with College Football Saturday. I mean, you had Herb Street, you know, who's been calling the biggest college football games in 20 years. And you've got, you know, Al Michaels, you know, the Methuselah of sports TV, who's been, you know, the best in the business for 40 years. Yeah. I think that was deliberate, Alex. I I think in the main telecast, they wanted to reassure viewers that you're getting a Sunday night football quality telecast. Sunday night football has been the top show in prime time for 11 years. And there's a reason for that. Not just the games in the pulp or the NFL, but the, the crisp you know, perfect production they put into every game. Right. And the reason it looked like Sunday Night Football is because Fred Godelli from right. Sunday Night Football right. is producing and directing it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I would give the, the first telecast a B. I thought the the pregame show, the cast was kind of disjointed. Um, they seemed over-rehearsed to me. I thought they uh, lacked energy, lacked spontaneity. spontaneity. I thought even Al... And Kirk started off slowly. But once I think you got to the second half, I think the, the butterflies went away, Alex, and everybody realized, hey, this is football. We've all done it a thousand times. Right. Let's go call the game. And I wonder what looks like football. As you said, they just transported the Sunday night team onto <laughs> Amazon and added Kirk Herbstreet to the mix. Right. Um, you, you, so you said fans you think are do win here because of all of the options and alternate broadcasts and whatnot. But, you know, and like you said, these TV deals the NFL has are locked in for the next 10, 11 years. So, not going off CBS Fox anytime soon, but 
you know, we heard so much years ago that streaming was going to make everything so much easier for the consumer. And that's true with regular shows, but with sports, I think it makes it much harder. If you have to have Amazon, cable, regular TV, this, that, and mean, and we're only going to get more of this. I, I don't know. And maybe this is as relevant for the NFL as sports like soccer and some other college, you know, Big Ten is going to Peacock, I believe. But I don't know. I just feel like it's not easier for fans. I guess eyeballs follow eventually, but seems like a nuisance. You, you said it. I mean, uh, I mean, as a middle-aged guy, you know what I mean? I'm always saying, bring back the cable bundle, right? You know, right. It's was, it was easy. You, you knew you had you, certain channels. You knew it was on. And now I don't even know what I'm paying for. I mean, between right. me, my wife, and my two college-age kids, we've got so many streaming services. I don't know what I'm paying for, what's up to date. Uh, it was much easier with the cable bundle. But, uh, you know, th this is progress, I guess. Uh, this is the way the world is going. You you're right. I mean, the leagues are going where the money is. And where the money is is streaming, just like 30 years ago the money was in cable. Right. Uh, don't forget, you know, people had a heart attack 30, 40 years ago when the NBA went all cable. How could they leave NBC, right. broadcast television, to go to TNT and yeah. ESPN? Yeah. What are they, crazy? Nobody will ever watch it. And the thing is, people do watch it. I mean, here's an interesting fact about Amazon Prime Video, because I did a story on it this week. There's 143 million people in this country who have it. And there's 80 million of them have sampled some sort of content from it. So, yes, there's going to be people who have Amazon Prime Video, maybe some older folks who aren't as tech savvy, who are going to have trouble finding the game. But for a lot of people, it's become second nature. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's just a lot of toggling. And the price, too, it's funny that now, as it turns out, if you're a sports fan, you need cable to watch all the games. Right. Now you need Amazon. You know, you, are, you have the streaming services on top of your cable bundle or even just all your streaming services. It really is not much cheaper than cable was. So. Well, I, I got news for you. I, I like to play the, the bad news guy in the industry. And you know what I mean? It wouldn't surprise me if 10 or 15 years from now, once the contracts expire, we see the NFL playoffs on pay-per-view. We see yeah. the Super Bowl on pay-per-view. Right. Who wouldn't pay for the Super Bowl on pay-per-view? I mean, if I'm going to drop 80 bucks on a UFC fight with two welterweights, I'm not going to pay for the Super Bowl? So, right. yeah, I mean, the answer to all questions in sports is always money, Alex. Uh, somebody a lot smarter than me once said that, and it's absolutely <laughs> true. Uh, you had a great piece on front office sports with A.J. Perez uh, earlier this month. The NFL dominates American television and likely always will. Uh, 48 of the top 50 most watched shows last year, NFL games, which is crazy. How I understand it, Michael, basically, and you can tell me whether I'm wrong or add on to this point, but I think the general point is, if you need to understand this, is the audiences for everything on TV are, is going down, but the NFL audience is going down so much slower than everything else, and thus the gap between the NFL and other TV products has never been wider, will only continue to grow wider. I think that's where the NFL's top value comes. What's your take on that? And why do you think that they will likely always dominate America? That is actually uh, spot on as to what's happening. Uh, you know, entertainment is crashing uh, as people move to streaming and other things. And the NFL is, uh, is growing by leaps and bounds. So what's happening is the NFL is not just the beachfront property. It's separating itself. As you said, the gap is growing between right. them and everybody else. I think it's a couple of reasons. I think uh, it's the best reality TV in the world. Uh, you know what I mean? Every game means something. Every game is win or lose, you know, win or die. Uh, I talked to uh, the late, great Frank Gifford. He told me, Alex, that he thought it was the most perfect game ever invented for the television. I mean, you've yeah. got a rectangular field 
uh, and you've got a rectangular screen. You've got an action with all 22 players virtually on the screen at the same time. You've got natural breaks, whistles and penalties, so you can go to the bathroom and you can go to the, the fridge and get your beer. It's just a, a perfect TV sport. And then you throw in the, the stars, Brady, Mahomes. I mean, they're like LeBron now, these guys. I mean, right. They're global names. And uh, it's just a, a magnificent uh, TV draw. And there's nothing even close to it. And the NFL, to, you, you know, for want of a better word, is greedy. You know what I mean? There's a couple of games and game days and windows that they haven't really explored yet, but they're coming. There's going to be a Christmas Day triple header this year, Alex, and then next year they're going after Black Friday. So instead of going to Walmart and getting trampled, you can watch the Cowboys. (laughs) At least you won't get trampled watching the Cowboys. They'll get trampled on the O-line, but you won't uh, (laughs) sitting home safely. And in that piece that uh, I just mentioned, you had a really interesting nugget that I don't think I had read elsewhere that in the NBA, some executives – as recently as 2020, we're talking about possibly moving to a December through August schedule to avoid conflicting with the NFL. I mean, I just, I, I think that's a smart, I mean, summer we know is a slow time, but I think that's a smart idea on the NBA's part. Um, have you heard anything else on that front? I, I haven't heard about anything specifically happening like next year, but I know that there is chatter about that in the NBA and it, and I agree with you that it would be very simple. I mean, Charles Barkley has been saying this for years. If Christmas Day is the unofficial start of the NBA season, why don't we make it the official start of the NBA season and avoid King Kong NFL? I mean, what do you do right. if it's you and uh, King Kong, you know, uh, in the same street? You move to the next street over right. and you let him take it. And that's what that uh, that Hawks executive was talking about. It was like, why are we beating our heads against the wall? Let's just avoid them and set up a window where we're the only game in town. We're not competing against the NFL. The issue is, as we know, the NFL is going to keep adding games. So eventually their season will probably go until August as well, and then they'll just kick back up until training camp. So well, I mean, next year they literally could have a, a calendar year where they'll have games on five days of the week. And right. we know they've already experimented with mid-week right. uh, games during the pandemic, Tuesday, Wednesday games. Right. Uh, uh, so, I mean – I, I don't know. It's it's where is the the ending for the NFL? There doesn't seem to be any. The the, the appetite seems bottomless. It is amazing. Yeah, that is true. And it's amazing that when Thursday night football started, there was some conversation about oversaturation because now you yeah. had NFL three nights a week. But as you said, they keep expanding the schedule, and the ratings don't suffer. So yeah. wrong. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Mark Cuban ordered one of the greatest quotes ever eight years ago. He said, you know, the NFL was getting greedy by putting too many games and too many windows. And he said, you know, and hogs get greedy and pigs get slaughtered. Well, you know what I mean? This pig just keeps getting fatter and fatter. So <laughs> uh, Whatever bullets they're shooting at it are bouncing off it. It must have like iron skin. Do you think uh, that Monday Night Football this year with Show Buck and Troy Aikman so far has had a bigger, intangible, big-time feel than it had last year with Steve Levy and, and the guys. Absolutely. I mean, I think Steve Levy uh, and his crew did a tremendous job. But uh, the problems of Monday Night Football over the years went beyond that. The problem started with the schedule, right? Right. Uh, the NFL and ESPN were at loggerheads for years. Uh, John Skipper didn't get along with league officials. Uh you know what I mean? The NFL wasn't happy with some of their reporting and concussions and other things. As a result, the NFL consistently gave Monday Night Football the weakest game schedule. Right. Without 
the ability to flex out. They were stuck with these crappy December games that were low ratings. So Steve Levy, I don't care if you put Howard Cosell in there, they're not going to draw the ratings. But I think what you have here with uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, I would argue that ESPN's from a broadcast side has gone from worst to first. I think they now have the best broadcast booth in the NFL. You have an incredibly experienced veteran team that's called six Super Bowls together. Then you throw the Manning cast in there, which is you know the hottest alternative telecast mm. of the last two years, and, and put those together. I think uh, ESPN has made an incredible leap. And you know, uh, quality follows quality. I mean, I, I think once ESPN solved its problems with the NFL, and once they showed the NFL they were committed to having the best booth in the league, whammo. Now they got a great schedule. I mean, yeah. you look at uh, Monday Night Football, they started off with a great game, Seattle, Denver, and, yeah. and they've got uh, you know, some killer matchups along the way. Yeah, so it's interesting that when Joe Buck signed and Troy Aikman signed deals, $10 plus million per year, a lot of people go, and I was one of them. They, I say, you know, these guys are all overpaid. Like, they're, they're not going to attract additional eyeballs to the NFL. But actually, I think I've already changed my opinion on that, and it's because of what you said. I think that that's the value that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman bring, not just that it feels like a bigger broadcast, but they get better games and thus more eyeballs. So do you agree that that's their value? Attracting yeah, I mean, I, I sympathize with people who always say the, you know, the same thing. You know, this person will not bring one additional eyeball right. to a telecast. You know what I mean? But the truth is bad broadcasters can hurt a telecast. You can drive people away. And also you're talking about uh, the value of these people from business uh, standpoint. I would argue that the Troy Aikmans and the Chris Collinsworths are really the faces and voices of their entire networks now. Right. The way the news anchors were 40 right. years ago, you know. Uh, 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 who was that guy in ABC? Uh, uh, yeah, not David Muir. Cronkite, yeah. And, and the old Cronkite back in the day. I like that. Cronkite. I had, uh, I had a, you know, a slip. Charles Gibson. Maybe Charlie Gibson. Is that yeah, what you're thinking so, of? But what they add is, on the business side, is a lot more than just viewers. I mean, you take um, – Tom Brady, for example, Tom Brady is getting $375 million. Right. But Fox describes him as a partner, right. somebody who's going to be involved in the business of the network. So if Tom Brady walks into the meeting with GM and GM is trying to decide if they want to buy a Super Bowl spot on Fox and Tom Brady's there to steal the deal, wham, all of a sudden you've got a, a signature on the contract. That's the type of thing that they can add to the bottom line. Everyone's a jock sniffer, I guess, at the end of the day. Who doesn't want to hang out with Tom Brady? <laughs> I guess they have it. That's a very raw way of putting it, but it's absolutely true in corporate America. Uh, you know, you could uh, go into a corporate suite and say, you know, they're talking about having somebody, you know, do the keynote address or speak to the troops. And it could be some, you know, Nobel laureate or, you know, uh, Pulitzer Prize winner. And it's like, you know, hey, you know, get me this ex-giant who was on the 86 Super Bowl team and it'll be sell. Uh, or, uh, you know, the next Patriot, you know, give me Rob Nikovich and then they'll, they'll go for it, you know, in a second. So it really is true. Michael McCarthy, you can read him front office sports form on Twitter at M McCarthy Rev R-E-V. What's the R-E-V stand for? Review. Oh, review. All right. Like that. Mike at M McCarthy R-E-V. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on. This is great. Thank you.